Today is Friday, December 23rd, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. A charity volunteer was arrested in the UK on suspicion that she might be silently praying. Real story. We'll have that and more on today's podcast. We're bringing you news from a Christian perspective. Joining me now, as always, to get through that news of the cray, Tregons Phillips and Billy Hallowell. What's going on, fellas? Happy Friday before Christmas. I am caffeinated, <laughs> contented, and Kurt came can can tankterous. I don't even know how to say that word. I don't have enough caffeine for it. I thought you were going to go. Has said it. I thought you were going to go with a uh, Christmassy word. Like I was, but then I thought contented, why not? caffeinated, and Christmassy. But you went with cantankerous. Yeah. Well, you're lucky <laughs> but, I'm here, Trey. You're lucky I'm here. Well. So well. My C word for the day is confused, guys. I, we're going to talk in a minute here about this story that I mentioned at the top. I don't even know. This is honestly the most shocking video I've ever seen. Uh, and that's saying something because I've seen a lot. So I don't know how you guys feel, but I'm flummoxed. I'm numb. I'm numb to everything. So <laughs> in a, if, this, if this were five years ago, I would be screaming and flipping out. Today, yeah. I'm like, oh, wow, another day in the neighborhood. <laughs> another day. In the, see, I used to. <laughs> We used to see that as a good saying, but now it's like no. another day in misery. Yeah. No, it's it's crazy. I mean, honestly, we'll get into the details on it, but I, I mean, I'm very, very eager to talk this one through. You're verklempt is what you yes, are. Yes, exactly, exactly. And also on the main thing, uh, we are going to talk about the millions of Americans that are behind bars this Christmas and the prison ministries that are caring for them. CBN's John Stolness has that story. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. And President Biden is warning travelers to leave now or face canceled plans as there's a massive winter storm sweeping the U.S. Blizzard conditions are threatening travel across the Great Plains and the Midwest. And the NWS has warned that conditions could become life-threatening for travelers in many areas if they become stranded in their vehicles. There's a bomb cyclone, which I'm convinced is a term they've made up just to get people to pay attention to weather. Um, but it's expected to hit the northeast and cause a lot of flooding, maybe up to three feet of water in some parts, as temperatures then plunge over the holiday weekend. Arizona Governor Doug Ducey will take down a barrier of double-stack shipping containers this after pressure from the Biden administration amid Title 42's possible expiration. And a woman in the UK was arrested after she told the police that she might be praying silently when she was questioned as to why she was standing on a public street near an abortion facility. Isabel Vaughn Spruce uh, was searched by police, arrested, and um, they took her to the station where they interrogated her and charged her with breaking the public space protection order. This all because she was standing alone and silently praying. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can read about those and more over at CBNNews.com. Fellas, I, I I am perplexed. I am I'm outraged, honestly. When you watch this video... And you can see it. I tweeted it. It's one of my more recent tweets. Um, and it's at Dan Andros. And uh, also Ben Gill wrote it up over on CBNnews.com. And she's just standing there. I mean, I would love to know. I mean, maybe she was being rowdy before then. The cameras came on. I don't know. She doesn't look like the type. She seems pretty mild-mannered. And she's just standing there. And they the, the officer actually asks her, are you praying? 
And she says, maybe, you know, in my head. And they then they arrest her for this protection order. Now, Trey, I know you were looking up some of the this order and what it entails them. And I don't think silently praying is one of the things that they can arrest people for. Yeah, it might come as a surprise that what you're <laughs> thinking about in your head is not illegal. But um, yeah, so the definitions are uh, a group. Well, from all, all we can tell, she was by herself. Uh, so she was not in a group. Uh, she doesn't seem to be intoxicated either with drugs or alcohol. Uh, and she's not tagging a building nearby because that was the <laughs> other thing. You can't uh, you can't be caught doing graffiti uh, somewhere. So those were the four things in Birmingham where this took place that that are a violation yeah. of antisocial behaviors. It it doesn't seem like she did any of those things, <laughs> no. uh, but we don't know what happened before the camera no, started I, and after it ended. But no. with that caveat, like you said, right. she seems pretty like a pretty relaxed, easygoing woman right. just praying. And you, we still can't make sense of why would the police officer be asking, are you praying? Yeah. Well, oh. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, again, and I'll, Billy, before you chime in here, I, the thing that gets me on this video is she's just standing alone on the sidewalk. She's just standing there, not doing anything, just by herself. Um, and the the fact that the police would single this person out, I, I'm just, I'm shocked because all the other craziness we've seen from the UK, we have seen street pre preachers getting arrested, um, and those being overturned. Those are egregious, but at least they're out there. They're interacting with people like they're they're being loud. You know, you could at least say there's something there's a grain of something that would give some justification. This is literally just a woman standing there. And it's got me uh, honestly, that's it's it's I'm chuckling because it's so ridiculous, but it's honestly chilling. I mean, because we see the way it's going here in America and thought crimes could be on the horizon. It's crazy. You know, I, I hate to disagree with you guys, but uh -oh. this woman had the gall to pray. I mean, silently. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. It just seems pretty egregious. We don't know. Look, she could have been acting crazy before crazy after, like we were saying. We we don't really know. And I'm I'm always super careful with these clips. Yeah. I'm, I'm not accusing her of that. I'm just saying we don't fully know. But if this is the whole story, that this woman is sitting, standing there silently praying a, I don't even know that that's legal for a police officer if this were America to be asking, "Are you praying right now?" Like, yeah. I don't, no, I or don't think that would be legal. Okay, yeah. Right. Well, they don't really have them. a First Amendment. Like, they don't yeah. really have so that they don't have. What, what is we have. it? Is it a First Amendment violation, even if they, even though they don't have one? Is it a speech violation when you have not yet spoken? <laughs> well, I don't, I, because the idea is that she's making people feel threatened with her presence there because she might right, be right. praying against their abortions, <laughs> right? I mean, it's ridiculous. It's it's absolute insanity. But to your point, that's Dan, the culture we've created. Well, yeah, I mean, and to your point, Dan, I think this fear of you know for so long everybody laughs. It's like ha ha ha. The crazy you know conservatives and Christians are warning about this this that and the other thing, and it's dismissed. And then when it becomes reality, it's like uh, we told you so. Right. And I think these are the sorts of things that we've been warning about for a long time. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I mean, and I want to shift over to this officer. I want to let's put ourselves in his shoes for a minute. Let's think about him. I'm concerned for his soul because if I was an officer and I felt like I was being ordered to, I mean, I don't know what this guy's background is or what the reason he was there for. I have no idea. But when you're standing there before someone and you, you ask them, are you praying? I mean, I think I would kind of 
if I heard those words come out of my mouth, I do believe I would look up at the clouds and be fearful that a tower of blazing inferno was about to strike down on my head. Um, I mean, that is just, honestly, that is so from the pit to be sitting there. To, to, are you praying? I mean, he, he's being polite, but it's just... It's just such a ridiculous just murdered somebody. Right. It's like, yeah. Right. And yeah. it's like, uh, uh oh, she might be praying. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's got me just I mean, just really, really well, shocked. But- I mean, it takes a lot to shock me. I mean, we, we joke about it. It's the news of the cray, but that's we call it that for a reason, because there's crazy stuff going on all the time. I always think I've reached the end where I'm like, okay, cannot get any crazier than this. And then I and then this happens every single time. Never ceases yeah. to obeys. I think though this is kind of the the natural extension, right? This is the natural next step of a culture where we have the media and so many on the left and just the world, the secular world in general, the consistent drumbeat of villainizing the right and certainly villainizing Christians that that police officer, obviously we don't know anything about him and I don't want to speak for him. We've have, he's not released any statement that we know of the police haven't either. So, but just based on the video, like we've said, it probably did not even occur to him that that question was as bizarre and as chilling as it is because we live in this culture that it's just, we, we just, uh, we hear over and over and over again, how egregious Christians are. So you just make the assumption. I think naturally, subconsciously you start to otherize the Christian. Uh, So it was probably just an, it felt like a natural question for him when to everybody else that's watching the video, it's like, uh, yeah. Do you know what you're doing guy? (laughs) Are you hearing yourself? So, well, let's be praying for her. Uh, I know the, um, the ADF is, um, you know, Lions defending freedom. They are trying to raise support for her, so you can check that out there if you're interested. Um, but we're going to move into our next story here, and the situation in Nagorno-Karabakh continues to be dire, and Billy talked with a doctor who's on the ground. What's going on here, Billy? Yeah, her name is Dr. Sukhaidian, and she's a pediatric neurologist, and really, it was really eye-opening because we've been covering this story, and again, just so people understand, because most people have not heard of Nagorno-Karabakh, it's a small landlocked region between Armenia and Azerbaijan, and this is an area of land that for decades has been fought over between Armenia and Azerbaijan. It's technically in the border of Azerbaijan, but everybody who lives there, like 99% of them, are Armenian, and so they want to be part of Armenia. They don't want to be part of Azerbaijan, and so you have this ongoing battle, and this has resulted in lots of different issues over the years, but on December 12th, 120,000 residents there were cut off basically from the outside world when this blockade was put up. Um, These Azerbaijani citizens who are claiming to be environmental activists, although many people think that perhaps they're actually being funded by the government in Azerbaijan. They're blocking the only road in. And so we talked about this on, on the show already, but just to give you a little background, this doctor, she went there to Nagorno-Karabakh, to this area, about uh, two weeks ago, a little under two weeks ago, because she and other doctors go from Armenia there to help children, um, to help kids in need with medical issues. And so she had happened to go there, the blockade happened, and now she's stuck 
in Nagorno-Karabakh. She can't get out. You mm. can't get out or in, even to travel. So she can't get home to her family in Armenia. And she's you know, doing interviews, talking about what's going on there on the ground. And you might say, what's the big deal? They're blocking the road. It's the only road in. And I'm hearing there's no air connection or air travel, which is interesting. I don't know. We don't know a lot about that piece of the puzzle. But you can't get trucks in. You can't get supplies in. And what she shared with us is that these families and individuals living there are really in dire straits. Wow. And so did she just from trying to help out on the situation, is that how she ended up there? Or is, <laughs> is there some other way? Is there some other reason that the doctor ended up uh, in Nagorno-Karabakh in the first place? So she and other doctors routinely go there. It was her turn to go. Um, there aren't a lot of doctors. She's a pediatric neurologist. So there aren't a lot of doctors like her who go into that area. And in fact, I think she had said the doctors had, had moved out and left. So she was actually going there out of goodwill. And it just happened to be that her rotation to be there was when this blockade happened. Wow. So, yeah, she's doing a good deed. And now she's now she's stuck there. Caught up but, in the middle of it, yeah. And the thing that we have to, to understand here, I talked to her a couple of days ago, and, and this is still going on, this blockade. They're, they're running out of baby formula. They're running out of medication. She talked about children who have epilepsy who need very specific medication that they don't have access to right now because nobody can get in or out. Um, so you've got food shortages. She said no vegetables were available anymore. And so this is actually a life or death situation potentially um, again, this has been going on since December 12th. Yeah. What other, are there other problems too that are, that are being triggered by all this blockade? Um, and, and is there any sign that maybe this thing will end sometime soon? Cause I know that there was a talk that it might've ended earlier, but then it, then it, it continued. Yeah. There was speculation that last Friday, Oh, you know, a week ago yeah. that this could have ended when we did an interview with the the um, state administrator there, he indicated that it might be ending. It did not end. Um, you asked about other issues. I mentioned the anti-seizure drugs, um, also antibiotics and painkillers, normal things you would need for illnesses, um, hormonal therapies that people need for various conditions. All of these things are not available. And, you know, we talked about here in the U.S. when we had the formula shortage, how dangerous that was. We, we know that firsthand. This is you know, far more restrictive. It seems like there's just nothing coming in. I know there are some organizations trying to come in and help because there's no end in sight right now. Really, really, when you look at the details of this, it's also strange because Azerbaijan has obviously denied that they're doing this. And Russia is the key force that's going to, that's supposed to be holding this together. Um, they are supposed to be making sure this road is open. That was part of an agreement um, that all three nations signed. And they have 5,000 troops on the ground, apparently, a peacekeeping mission that seems to be failing. <laughs> they yeah. don't seem to be doing their job. Goodness gracious. Yeah, well, we're definitely going to continue to keep you all posted on this. Um, and we appreciate you, Billy, bringing this one here and getting us informed of this. Because like you said, this is one of those things that um, uh, the, the mainstream media has not paid a ton of attention to. You see a few posts here and there on it, but uh, it's a very important issue. Uh, and, of course, in particular, how it's impacting Christians over there. So appreciate you bringing that story. Uh, we're going to head into the main thing now. And there are millions of Americans behind bars, of course, with their families. Um, Christmas, Christmas is often a painful day. And it's why there are prison ministries and why they aim to provide extra encouragement during this time of year. Well, John Stolness and CBN's Brody Carter have more on some ministries that are engaging in this particular mission on today's main thing. 
So, Brody, as this is the the last podcast that we're going to do right before Christmas is here, and um, this is just a feel good story as, as I was watching it, and you know we don't we we don't often think about. Um, prison ministry and those who are serving time, especially during the holidays. We're very much focused on our families and we're very much focused on our church families and all of that. But um, there are people doing really good work and in really, uh, really important places. And uh, as you mentioned in your story, I think um, one of the people you spoke to in your story, Jesus talks specifically uh, in the Bible about ministering to people in prison. So um, before we jump into the specifics of the story, what, what drew your attention uh, to this particular topic as the holiday seasons are here? I think it really started with a conversation with my father and I. Him and I were talking about the men and women who are behind bars. I, I think my dad is always looking for opportunities to uh, volunteer. And it was just a really unintentional conversation that him and I had that kind of birthed this idea of getting into the jails, uh, speaking with the men and women who made it their their duty, their priority, prerogative to get out there and to love on the men and women who are behind bars, uh, especially during the holidays. So uh, as we started pursuing the story and I made some phone calls, it just started falling into place. And um, really the opportunity to share God's heart in a way that, um, you know, puts a face to those who are behind bars, as well as puts Mm -hmm. a face to those who dedicated their lives um, to sharing the gospel, sharing the good news, being a, a beacon of hope, um, so yeah, it was a very special opportunity. So uh, in, in doing this story, you spoke to a chaplain at the Virginia Beach Correctional Center, correct? That's right. Yeah, we went to Virginia Beach Correctional Center. His name was Chaplain Joe Kelty, and there's more than a thousand inmates that are calling this jail home. And so right when you walk through the doors, those gates, and you hear the jail cells lock, and uh, the warden and individuals who are dressed up in uh I guess people who are just waiting to let you in. Um, it's a very ominous feeling uh, stepping mm-hmm. through those gates for sure. It's reality hits you very quickly. And I think uh, freedom, you get a new sense of what that is when you mm-hmm. step into these people's shoes. Even as a visitor, you know, you know that you can leave, but even we've been going through those doors, I imagine it, like you're saying it, it is kind of a, it's a little bit of a shock to the system, yeah, right? Most definitely it hits home for you for sure. So Joe yeah. Kelty, he's part of, uh, this nationwide effort. It's called the Good News Jail and Prison Ministry. They're a nonprofit. They've got about 400 chaplains running through about 25 states. And that's what they do. They go they go behind the bars. They preach the gospel message. And uh, I had the opportunity to walk through during their Christmas opportunity, the Christmas gift bag day. And it was as simple as socks, uh, postage to tell family Merry Christmas. And um I think they, they also got this this book that shares the gospel message and it has puzzles and it keeps their mind going while they're doing their time. Right. And and this jail that you went to at Virginia Beach Correctional Center, these are mostly first time offenders, correct? Yes. Uh, but they house I mean, sometimes when the prison gets full, they're the uh, they're the outlet for these prisoners. So you could have guys in there up to five years for anything from petty theft to murder. So, yeah. Did you speak to any of the prisoners while you were there? I did. I talked to a young man. His name was Jesus. Uh, Jesus, this was his second time. I think he was his mid-30s, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, relatively young guy. Um, just made some bad decisions is what he had said. Um, yeah. And surprisingly, he told me he had never had more faith in his entire life than he did 
when he was behind bars. So Mm. it's just an interesting perspective. I'm sure, you know, for those who've been to jail or been to prison, they might understand a little more clear of what, what that looks like and what it feels like to have a renewed look at what freedom is and what it means to be a functional member of society. And when you're locked up like that, it gives you a lot of time to think. And he said, he's, you know, he's never been more clear in his life. And he just wanted to, uh, he just wanted to pray for his mother and his family outside of jail. So I had the opportunity to, to pray with him and pray that there'd be peace over him and his mind that he has what nine months to go already serving six. I might have that backwards, but um, it's just got to be a really difficult situation. So to see, you know, what it looks like to just go in there and grab somebody's hands, pray for them, and um, just tell them you love them. I think that goes a long ways. And Chaplain Kelty talked a little bit about these are people who have reached what would what one would assume to be a low point in their lives. They're, they're in prison. Their freedom has been taken away from them and that this is the opportunity. It's a, it's a prime opportunity for them to look at where their lives have gone or that, that led them to this place and, and maybe to bring them to a point of humility, uh, especially during the, the Christmas season here, away from family, away from friends, to come to Jesus, to come to the Lord and to say, um, you know, to, to ask for help, to, to look beyond themselves. And, uh, and, and, and that seems to be, was that the general sense that you got from talking to, to, to Chaplain Kelty that, um, that uh, he's getting from a lot of these uh, folks that he's ministering to? For sure. And I didn't have too much interaction with uh, the inmates, but Mm-hmm. What little interaction I did have where our cameras were allowed to be rolling when I was there doing the gift distribution, all we heard was, please pray for me. Please pray for me. I got a case coming up in the next month. Will you pray for me? And it was the first thing out of their mouths. And um, I think that that speaks a lot to to where they're at. And they know where their hope comes from because that's the only place they have to go. They can't dive into a bottle or make terrible decisions to try and numb the pain. They're, they're doing the hard time right now. And that's all they're doing is thinking they're praying and they have this ministry, which is an excellent outlet and opportunity uh, for these inmates to, I guess, speak with the, with the chaplain. If they have any questions, if they have prayer needs, if they need a book, Chaplain Kelty will get it for them. Um, Mm -hmm. He's their rock in this place where a lot of people haven't even heard of the name of Jesus Christ. And, He's had a chance to lead them through their faith walk. Um, he's been pouring into these men for, I think, the last two years. Um, and it's just, it, it speaks volumes as to the need to this. And not only those inmates, but also for the jailers and for the sheriff's right. department. He's ministering to people who work in a really tough place. And there are, and the, you can't just send everybody home for Christmas and Christmas Eve and, and the holidays. Uh, if you work at a correctional facility, a facility or a jail, pe- that has to be staffed all the time. And so a lot of these people are spending the holidays or spending part of Christmas or uh, some of Christmas Eve away from their family. And so um, I would imagine point. that that, I would imagine that that's tough yeah. on, 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 on the folks who work there. Um, and I think uh, to, to kind of wrap things up, it sounds as though um Chaplain Kelty is, you said, you mentioned a, a rock to a lot of these inmates and to a lot of the employees who are there. Um, did you get a, a, an essential message from, from him at the, at the end of all of this as to, as to what, you know, 
what he feels his role is here and uh, and and just with the impact that he feels like he's having? Chaplain Kelty is a very humble person. Um, I had a chance, what, 16 minutes into an interview. He was very emotional during the entire conversation, and rightfully so. He's seen to and talked to some guys who've seen the worst and done the worst. Um, so he's got a huge burden on his shoulders, um, and he feels like he understands exactly where he stands, that he's a sinner saved by grace, and these guys that he gets to, to minister to, that's exactly the same boat that, that they're in. So it takes humility to walk into that jail um, and to kind of set aside your pride and love on these guys, regardless of what they've done. And it, it really does shine a new light, uh, at least a refurbished light for me, on what the love of God is and what it looks like to love somebody, regardless of their status, regardless of what they've done. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the message of Jesus Christ, which is really powerful. It's a, yeah, and, and this is a, to be a chaplain in a in a prison ministry. It's certainly a it's not a life that uh, filled with with glory for yourself. You know, it is a it is a sacrificial calling uh, that some people are called to. And uh, Chaplain Kelty seems to be making uh, and his organization making a big impact for for these folks who, again, co- holiday season we we forget about uh, the folks who are in prison. Frankly, for most of the year, we we forget about people who are in prisons. And um, you know, God calls certain people to. Uh, to minister to these people all year round and especially at the holidays. It's a great story, Brody, and uh, really perfect for for this time of year. Uh, If you haven't seen it on 700 Club, folks, make sure you go to our website, cbnnews.com, and you'll be able to see it there as well. Brody, thank you so much for joining me today. Merry Christmas. Thank you, and Merry Christmas as well. Thanks so much for that conversation there. And that leaves us with time with one last thing before Christmas. Right, it, it's Christmas Friday before <laughs> now Christmas, it's here, Christmas Eve now it's on here. Saturday and Sunday. I'm thrilled. So, <laughs> but uh, obviously, the reason that we do all of this, the reason we celebrate, is because of the coming of Christ. So, we figured we should read Luke two. This is verse eight through fourteen. It says, "And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified." But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those in on whom his favor rests. Mm. How great would that have been to see? I mean, honestly, that's every time I read that, that's what I think. Man, that must have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I really have nothing to add. Just amen. This is the reason for the season. Forget all the other stuff. That's it right there. So um, I hope you have a great Christmas. That's about all I got to add on that. Billy, if you got. Yeah, Mer- no, Merry Christmas. I mean, that's the mic drop. That's all we needed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, we will be back here on Tuesday. A couple of us will be around next week. So enjoy your Christmas. God bless. Lord willing, in that creek don't rise. See you back here Tuesday.